Hey guys, how's it going? Sorry, I was a little bit distracted there. Um, I was just talking to the worship team, making some, maybe, making some requests, basically. Um, today, um, I'm really excited about this message. This is something that I've kind of had on my heart since October last year. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing it with you guys. It's slightly uh, different to maybe my usual way of talking. Um, yeah, I'm going to be speaking a little bit more from my heart, a little bit more from my soul. Um, yeah, so I just want to share that with you guys. might be a little bit flowy, but, but we'll see how we go. Um, but before I do that, before I go anywhere, um, I just wanted to take this opportunity since I'm standing here uh, to, to say how grateful I am to, to get this opportunity to speak again. Um, I get a few opportunities like this um, every year. And I just want to say, obviously, I'm grateful to God, um, but there's um, one other person that I'm really grateful to for this opportunity, and that's Pastor Dexter. Um, this man has been such a blessing in my life for the last two years. Um, pastor Dex, I just wanted to say to you that you are an amazing pastor to me, to all of us. Um, you have really proven, not that you needed to, but you have really proven yourself worthy of being followed. Um, and I just want to say that to you today, that you are my shepherd, you are our shepherd, um, we love you, and yeah, I, I'm just so grateful to God that I get to do ministry with you, man, so. Cool, cool. With that, I'm going to pray now, and then we'll get into it. Father God, I just thank you so much for this opportunity. Lord, I thank you that this message has come from you. Lord, I have faith that you are going to speak tonight. God, I just ask you, get me out of the way. I say this every time, Lord, but tonight especially, Lord, I ask you to get me out of the way because you need to speak to your people tonight, God. And Lord, if I could sit down there and hear what you're going to speak, I would, but obviously I'm the one that has to bring this message, God, and I just pray that you would speak through me. Lord, I just pray that you would keep me on track. God, I just pray that you would speak out what you want to speak out tonight. Lord, I pray for chains to be broken. I pray for all different things to, Lord, you are going to come and move in this place, God, and it may not look crazy. It may not look spectacular, God, but you are going to do something here tonight, Lord. I just have faith in that. Lord, I've been on my hands and knees praying and asking you to do this tonight, Lord, and I just say, Lord, come please, Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. I am just your vessel tonight, God. Come and speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Cool, cool. So my message tonight may have evolved a little bit since I came up with this title, but I'm going to stick with it um, because I think it's kind of catchy and, you know, catchy sermon titles are good to, to Instagram about. Um, so the, the, the title of my message tonight is Awake, Not Woke. So now for all you old people like my parents sitting over there who maybe don't know what woke means. Let me give you an, uh, a Google. This is a Google, not an Urban Dictionary uh, definition, funnily enough. Uh, might as well be an Urban Dictionary definition, but woke means, according to Google, alert to injustice in society, especially racism. So if you guys may or may not have heard this term used recently, it's kind of a, it's really taken root in kind of the more progressive side of politics, I guess. Um, people say, oh, you're really woke, or they really want to be woke because it means they're kind of enlightened to, to all the good things about life, all the right moral ideas and good progressive values and all that type of thing. And let me just preface this. I am not 
making any political statements tonight. So whether you're you sit on the left side of politics or you sit on the right side of politics, totally cool. I'm not having a dig at anyone. But what I'm saying is I think there is kind of an idea in society nowadays where activism, social justice, doing good things, trying to save the world, trying to change the world has kind of been hijacked by this idea that in order to do that, you have to be on the right side of history. In order to do that, you have to have the right ideas. You need to be woke. You have to be like, you have to have the right ideas about morality and all these different things. Like you have to be awake to that. Now, let me tell you, the Bible says that we are awake, not woke. And I'm going to be talking about that tonight and I'm going to be explaining that a little bit more. So, if you guys want to come with me to First Thessalonians, see, I'm already flowy tonight. First, yeah, I think that was me speaking in tongues. Actually, that's what it was. First Thessalonians uh, chapter five, verses four to eleven. So, if we go there, if you want to come with me, it'll be on the screen. But it says this, and let me take a drink of water because the worship was so good. It was just. Praising, 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 and now my mouth is a bit dry. Cool. So, uh, First Thessalonians chapter five, and I'm going to read from verse one just to give you guys a little bit of context. But the main one we're going to look at is verse four and following. So anyway, um, now this is Jesus. Uh, no, it's not Jesus. Sorry, it's Paul. Um, he's talking about the end times like the time when Jesus is going to return. That's not what my message is about tonight. Um, so don't start freaking out. I'm not preaching the end of days. Don't worry. Um, I'm hoping tonight's message is going to be really encouraging. But anyway, it says this. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. Don't stress. All this is saying is that we don't know the time when Jesus is going to come back. We also don't know the time. If you think about it, life is very short. We don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. So that's all this is saying. This is just saying, don't stress. Don't worry about the time, but live your life as if tomorrow might not be there. Live in the moment, live in the day. Anyway, let's keep going. Verse four, but you brothers and sisters are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to, be, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or we are asleep, we may live together with him. So what does it mean to be awake? In the context of this passage, it's not talking about being literally awake, because we're all sitting here awake, right? Good. That's good. I'm really glad that you guys are awake. I went to bed at two o'clock last night, so I'm feeling a little bit tired, which is the irony of this message. But anyway, God works in mysterious ways. Um, but yeah, so 
it's not. It's talking about being spiritually awake. Again, not woke. It might sound to you like it's talking about being woke, but it's not. It's talking about being in one spiritual state, which is darkness, and being made awake, which is light, because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So it, to be awake means, bless you, whoever that was, being awake means that we have been given new life. It's, it, it's, it's a spiritual thing. It's something that may, we may not see with our own eyes. We may not even feel awake, to be honest, but it's a spiritual reality. So what I want to say to you guys, if you guys have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and there may be people here in this room that haven't, and that's okay. But if you have, you are awake, guys. Not woke, you guys are awake. You may not feel it. You may find it really hard to get up in the morning. You may find it really hard to come in here and do whatever ministry it is that you do. You may find it really hard to, to interact with your family or your friends. You might feel that your life is, is, is really hanging on a thread. But let me tell you guys, you guys are awake. You're awake. And you're going to hear me say this a, a number of times tonight. You guys are awake and you guys are alive. You may not feel it, but it doesn't matter what you feel. That's the spiritual reality. That's the spiritual reality of it. So, let's talk about why it's important to be awake now. Why is it important to be awake? Well, it's important to be awake not just for ourselves, but it's important to be awake for this world. So, if you look at the world around us, there's some pretty crazy things going on at the moment. Um, the coronavirus is one that's just topical at the moment that's happening. Um, but... There's so many different wars going on that we don't see. There's people, Christians, for example, in China who are being persecuted for their faith. There's people who are living because of technology and social media and all these types of things, depression and things like that are on the high. Um, the world is broken. The world is broken. Now, there's probably people out there, there's probably people who don't know Christ that are saying, well, the world is broken because of a particular type of people, or the world is broken because this person doesn't agree with me, or that side of politics doesn't agree with me. Let me tell you something, church. Whether left or right, whether in the middle, whatever type of politics, whatever type of ideology, nobody holds the moral high ground. There is only one person that holds the high ground, and that was a man who walked this earth 2,000 years ago, climbed the high ground, carrying a cross, and then was crucified on that high ground. He is the only one that occupies that moral high ground, guys. So it's important for us to realize that we, all of us sitting here who are believers, every single one of us actually knows the solution to the world's problems. Now, don't get freaked out because you might think based on looking at the world, looking at the world around us, looking at kind of what's going on in politics and with Trump and all these really crazy things that seem like a total different reality, like we're living in a dream or something like that. You may think that it's really complicated. The world's solutions, the, the solution to all the world's problems are extremely complicated. Let me tell you, it's not. It's actually shockingly simple. It's shockingly simple. The solution is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is the thing that we have been made alive to. So it's important for us to remember that... Okay, now there's, there's a lot of young people here, and you guys aren't that much younger than me, which is good. I'm still pretty young. I turned 24 on Friday. Trying not to have a quarter-life crisis. I'm one year away from that, but we'll see. Um, but let me tell you guys, 
what I love about people, particularly younger than me, but also people around the similar sort of age, people my age are starting to get a little bit, you know, tired with the world. And so we're kind of giving up on seeking its change, right? A few people who are around my age or maybe a bit older can probably testify to that. But there's some young people here, particularly the TNT guys. And I see in a lot of you guys and a lot of people your age, there's such commitment to, to different causes. Um, there's such a commitment amongst young people for activism and for wanting to change the world. And I think that is absolutely amazing. That is so good. Um, whether your particular thing is climate change or animal welfare or whatever it is, all those things, let me tell you, all those things are good. There are some people in the church who will say that climate change isn't something to be worried about. If you guys are concerned about climate change, cool. That's really cool. It's good creation care. That's cool. If you like animal welfare, again, good creation care. But let me tell you guys, let me caution everyone here, whether young, whether old, whether into activism, whether you don't care about the world or anything like that, you just stay at home and keep to yourself. Um, whether or not you care, whether or not you care a lot, let me tell you, please, 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 and this is my plea to you guys, do not disassociate whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that you believe, whatever acti activism that you want to do, whatever social justice that it is that you want to do from the gospel. Don't do it because you will find that whatever they're telling you out there, and I don't want to create this big monster, they conspiracy theory, you know, deep state people outside of the church. But let me tell you, the world will lie to you. I don't talk about Satan a lot, but let's not be like, we don't have to worry about him because he's a defeated enemy, but let's also be wise to him. Do you guys know the Sandman? The story of the Sandman, the guy that like sprinkles sands in people's eyes to make them fall asleep. No, it's kind of, I guess it's more of a, I was going to say it's more of a Western uh, thing. Was that politically incorrect? If it was, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> whew, I'm on a roll tonight. Um, but yeah, that is, is this story of this man who's got like, he's wearing pajamas and he's got like a long hat, kind of like Santa, but it's more droopy and it's longer anyway. He walks around and he puts sand in people's eyes and that's, the story comes from like, you know how you wake up and you've got like sleep in your eyes, like that gunk, like that's what it's meant to be. Satan is like that. He literally wants to walk around, not he wants to, he does. He walks around sprinkling eye, like sand in people's eyes and wants to keep us all asleep. Again, the world is kind of, touching on this because they're saying, well, you need to be woke. You need to be woke because you need to understand what the, the truth is, like what truth is, what true values are, what all this stuff. Yeah, it's sort of, but again, it's separated from the gospel, so it means nothing. Let me tell you guys, our righteousness is like filthy rags. And when the Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags, this might be a little bit vulgar to some of you, but what it's talking about is rags to do with where yeah, women's menstrual cycle, basically. That's the type of rags it's talking about in Hebrew. Sorry, girls, I didn't mean to offend you if that, that because again, feminism would probably, I'd probably get cancelled or something like that. But anyway, that's what it's talking about. So our righteousness, guys, is, is filth. It doesn't matter whatever good work you do, it's filth. You can go out and you could feed a thousand homeless people but your righteousness in doing that compared to God is filth. Now that's shocking for us to realize, but as human beings, we have to kind of get over that. We have to kind of get over that. So again, what am I saying? Why is it important? Don't disassociate whatever activism from the gospel because the entire narrative arc of scripture is God redeeming the world 
for his purposes, for his glory, for our joy, for our happiness, to the praise of his glory. He's bringing all things, he's making all things new, he's reconciling everything to himself. So if we want to try and fix the world and bring the kingdom to this world without that king, we're fooling ourselves. So whatever you want to do, if you guys want to do activism, awesome. I really want to encourage you to do that, but don't disassociate it from the gospel. Root it in the truth of our faith that Jesus Christ died on a cross 2,000 years ago for the sake of your sake, my sake. He died for our sins to provide us forgiveness. Not only that, he took our place, took our judgment, then was resurrected again like we will be when he comes again. And he's going to reconcile everything to himself. And it's all because of what he did that this world will be fixed. So let's read a scripture to do with that. So Romans chapter 13, verse 8 to 14. So let me find that. There it is. Perfect. Cool. So it says this. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law the commandments you shall not commit adultery you shall not murder you shall not steal you shall not covet whatever the other commandments there may be are summed up in this one commandment love your neighbor as yourself that's your social justice church love your neighbor as yourself everything is summed up in that Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this understanding the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. It's time that we, okay, let me put it this way. Yesterday, I had a bit of a gathering with some friends of mine. Um, There was some people I know from church. There was some people that I know from outside of church. Um, And they were all there, all special people to me. Um, And I looked at how... Let me me say this, and I want to commend the people. I'm not going to name them. They know who they are. But the ones that came from church that spoke to my friends that aren't Christians. Pastor Dex was one of them, actually. He was like, come to church, come to church, come to church. Phil's speaking tomorrow, come to church. I am so grateful that you guys did that. You guys have absolutely no idea what that means to me. Like, absolutely no idea. I don't know how, my, how receptive my friends were to you guys, but I look at those people who I know so well, and I've known them longer than I've known any of you guys. And... I look at them, and I'm kind of glad that they didn't come to church so that I can share this with you guys, Um, although I would love them to be here, don't get me wrong. Um, That's kind of the point of why I'm even saying this. But anyway, um, I look at them, these people that I love immensely and that I've known for years and years and years and that I get on with so well and that that kind of get me and, and all these other types of things, but I see them and I see that they don't know God and every day that breaks my heart. You guys don't know how many times that I've been on my hands and my knees praying for those guys to even come to church or to even get to know God. And it breaks my heart every single day that goes on that I don't see them. There's no, it seems like there's no progress. Um, 
it seems like there's no change or anything like that. And, and let me tell you, I have had so many moments where I've said to God, like, what is wrong with you, I guess, is probably the nicest way to phrase it. I maybe didn't phrase it like that. Well, anyway, the way I said it was not irreverential and not the way I should be speaking to God. But like, so to see that yesterday, to see those guys display the light of Christ, and I really mean this, and I really want to commend you guys on this, to display the light of Christ to those people, to go up to them, to make an effort, is not only such a blessing to me, but it's such a blessing to them, and it's so honoring to God, and it was an answer to my prayer. It's an answer to five years, ten years prayers. Now, why am I saying this? I'm saying this because each one of you, I'm assuming, has people in your life that you feel the same way about. People who you are on your hands and your knees and you're praying about and you're asking God, can you please, please reveal yourself to them? Can you please change their hearts? Because what we can see, what you don't know, and this is the fact, is that you guys are awake and you can see that those guys are asleep. You can see that those guys are sleepwalking, that they're walking around with their eyes closed and they don't know. It looks like they're moving. It looks like they're alive. But let me tell you, they're in total darkness. And I should probably not stand under that because it's going to make the sound weird. So it's important for us, church, to wake up from our slumbering because, verse 12, the night is nearly over, the day is almost here, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh." Church, what my desire is personally, what my desire is for you guys, it's what I pray all the time for myself because I never get it right. I'm not saying that you guys don't get it right, but I still pray this for you, that we would be awake, church, that we, we, we would be awake. I don't know about you, but I can see the world is asleep and I can see that they need to be woken up and I'm sick and tired of watching them bump into things and watching them fall over, watching them stumble because they're asleep. I want to be awake. I want to be so awake that I'm going to wake those people up. I want to be so awake that I want to have the the intensity and the joy and the excitement to go up to these people and say, wake up, wake up, wake up. Because if we do that, guys, we're not offering people like Christianity is not like some other ideology. It's not like a political idea. It's not like any of these things. We're not offering people a new 10 step guide on how to live. We are offering people life itself. And if we value that life, if we are excited about that life, if we are awake to that, then we should be shouting it from the rooftops. We shouldn't be containing it in. Jesus said, I think it was in Matthew, he was like, you're the salt of the earth, the the world, light of the blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he says, you're the light of the world. City on a hill can't be hidden. City on a hill can't be hidden. And he also says, who's going to put a lamp underneath a basket? Because it doesn't work. And let me tell you, when he's talking about that, he's talking about like a, a fire lamp. And do you know what happens when you put a basket on top of the lamp? When it's fire, runs out of oxygen and it's gone. It's not like an electrical light that we can have and then we can put it on and it'll still work. What he's talking about is a fire and then if we quench it, it's gone. And the, the trick to this is kind of crazily simple as well. It's just to go, I'm awake. This week, last week, um, on Saturday, I was out with some friends and uh, I went to have pizzas and I had a pizza that I've had like a million times. 
And I got this massive allergic reaction to this pizza. By the way, Little Caesars, oh, I probably shouldn't say that because this is going anyway. They're cancelled. Um, but, um, yeah, so I had this massive reaction. And, like, I only ever get this reaction when I eat peanuts or, like, some form of nut. So I have no idea what they were doing in their kitchen for nuts to get on a pizza. Um, Anyway, massive reaction, like my nose, like my nose is already huge, like I know that, but like it swelled to like three times the size. Um, my, f my eyes like became like really puffy and deep set and I was red. Like I looked like a lobster that had just been cooked and I was like on fire and I was burning and my skin was tingling and I was so itchy, it was crazy. And then I got my friends to drop me home because I've had a reaction like this before. I'm like, I just need an antihistamine um, and I just need some steroids. And, and that sounds weird, but I saw someone laugh there. But um, it's prednisolone. It's like, it's, um, you know, it's a prescription. It's fine. Um, and so, like, I could, but I couldn't find these. I must have run out. And the, I kid you not, by the grace of God, it literally took from the, like, I got home safe. And then the minute I walk it, walked in the door, I felt sick. I, like, couldn't stand up. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is not good. And so I literally, like, my dad could tell you, I, like, walked at him. And he was having a cup of tea, watching the TV, whatever he was doing. He was fine. He was relaxed. And I screamed at him, like, you need to take me to the hospital now. And, like, I was, like, I, guys, I, like, this was probably one of the worst reactions I think I've ever had. And so I go to the hospital. Like, they do all their thing. They check me in. Um, and they, they gave me an antihistamine that, like, because generally what happens with antihistamines, those things will put you to sleep. And so they gave me one. And let me tell you, I, like, couldn't keep my eyes open. And then so they observed me until like 12.30 or something like that. And then, mind you, my friends stayed out. Like I got home from the hospital and I text, they text me to see how I was and they were still out. But anyway, that's another story. Um, and yeah, anyway, so they observed me and then they gave me two steroids. And the thing with the steroids was it then kept me up. And then so, and I had to keep taking these for three days. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm taking these steroids and I cannot sleep. Come Wednesday, I come off those steroids and I was done. I was like, my gosh, I can't even function. Like, even today, I'm still feeling a little bit tired. My sleep patterns are totally messed up. So why am I saying this? You might be thinking, why are you telling me this story? Because there's a lot of things out there in the world that are like steroids. And they're like little cool things that'll be like here, and this will keep you awake. This will keep you awake. This will keep you awake. The steroid, its purpose was to help me in that situation. It kept me awake, but it's not going to sustain my awakeness, if that makes sense. Don't fall for something that is going to give you an immediate gratification or you think is, is, is the quick and easy way. Like I went bouldering last week as well. And I was like, I wonder if I take some of these steroids if it's going to make me climb easier, climb faster. Don't take, don't take the easy route, guys. There's a lot of ideas out there that are going to say, this is an easy route. This is an easy route. This is, this is the solution to all your problems. This is the solution to the world's problems. It's a fast, quick, simple solution. It's not. Let me tell you, that's a massive lie. The gospel, do you know what is a quick, simple solution? The gospel is a quick and simple solution to the world's problems. It may not look simple. It may not work out simple. It may not come about simply. But it is the single solution to all the world's problems. I got given a notebook recently as well um, for my birthday and, and on it, it was like one of those ones from Kurongs. it's really cool 
Um, and if you flip through it, it's got like the word, words on the bottom, like a scripture. And the interesting thing about this one is it had one scripture on it. And it was like, it was Jesus in John 14, 6, where he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. But on every single page, like you expect one of those books to have like a devotional type thing. And it's a different scripture. Each page It was the same, same scripture. I am the way, the truth and the life. And one of my friends who's not a Christian was looking at it and she's like, oh, this is a really nice journal. And she's like flipping through it and she's like, oh, but this thing on the bottom, this thing on the bottom, she called it. <laughs> this thing on the bottom is the same on every single page. And I was like, yeah, that's all you need. It is literally all you need. Like quite simply, like Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. That simple, simple phrase is the solution to all the world's problems, guys. Can you believe it? And how lucky are we that we know that? If you want to say we're woke, we're woke. That's what we're woke to. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So how can we do this practically in, the, in, in our lives? How can we look awake? Now, I really wanted to do this really cool thing with like, you know, go in the dark lights and stuff like that here. I was going to talk about photoluminescence and everything. And I kind of felt like God say, no, just like strip it back. Like just be simple. Cause I always want to do props and I always find God's like, no, don't do props. <laughs> one day, one day I will do it. God willing, God willing, God willing. Um, so if we go to Ephesians chapter five, uh, and I just took my marker out for whatever stupid reason. And I can't find so Ephesians chapter 5, there it is. The book of Ephesians is so small I can never find it. So here, uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of life, light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Do you get that? all goodness, all righteousness, all truth. If you live in the light, all your goodness, all your righteousness, all truth, all comes with that. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed in the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I want to illustrate this, this, this passage with photoluminescence. I'm going to say it. Do you guys know, you may have had like a nightlight when you were growing up or you may have had like glow-in-the-dark balls and things like that that you can bounce and they shine and whatever. Those things work by a process called photoluminescence. And what happens is when there's light, those objects will absorb that light and then when it's dark, they'll like whatever the op op opposite of like, a what, what did you say, Gersh? Yeah, radiate, let's use that. I don't even know what the opposite of absorb is, but like they will radiate that light. They, they will, like, the light will come out of it. The light will shine out of it. Every single one of you guys here is a glow-in-the-dark ball. And the trick to changing the world is spending time with God. Because the more that you guys are in the light, the more you will absorb that light. And then when you go into dark places, 
that light will come and radiate out of you. You may need to go back and get more light from being in the dark places. But let me tell you, when you're in the dark places, the light will come out of you. Now, guess what? Imagine if every single one of us in this room right now, don't worry, we're not going to do it, but turn the lights off, got on our hands and knees, prayed and asked God to, to let his light shine on us. And then we all collectively together as one went outside and found one person. And we were so excited because we were so filled with light. We're like, Jesus is so good. Jesus is so good. Jesus is so good. What would that person do? They would either think we're a crazy bunch of weirdos or they would go, okay, wait, maybe because there's so many people doing this that there might be actually something to this. There might be something to what they're saying. Church, this is what we need to do as us here as Oikos Church, but this is what the church also needs to do globally. We need to wake up, church. We need to be in the light. We need to be the light. We need to stop trying to legislate morality. We need to stop trying to change people's opinions, change people's minds. We need to be light so that they see the light, they recognize the light, they wake up. There are so many alarm clocks out there now that you can buy nowadays that will slowly, like the light will increase and increase and increase and it helps you wake up because... That's what God's done with creation, I guess, with our sleep cycles is that the more we're in the light, when it becomes light, it's easier for us to wake up. The light actually wakes us up. That's what we're doing, church. With that alarm clock, we're saying the time is coming. Jesus is coming back. It's imperative. We're the light. Wake up. Wake up. And I'm not saying that as in wake up, you crazy person. Wake up, you sleeper. I'm saying let's wake up. Let's do it. Let's be excited. Let's be overjoyed for this. Guys, we're part of something really big. We're part of something really big. Let's wake up. Let's wake up as a church. Let's wake up globally as a church. Let's wake up as individuals as well. I really want to be awake. I'm tired of of not seeing any change in this world. I'm so tired of it because I know the hope that Christ gives us. And I don't want to see that quenched. I don't want to see that wasted. I look at my, the loved ones that I know that don't know Christ and I look at them and I'm like, my gosh, like if they have to go to, if like, if they're going to eventually be separated God in, in eternal darkness, let them do it over literally, let them do it kicking and screaming with me on their legs saying, no, don't go, don't go, don't go. So I have a poem for you guys. Um, and this is kind of the poem that inspired the song, um, that day that we first sang, the first one, that New Hill song one. It's a really good one. Um, I kind of heard that song a little bit before I went to um, the creative conference last, last year in October. Um, and I, that's kind of what I got from that conference because there was people from all over the world um, worshipping and praising God. And let me tell you, like, I expected it to be like totally like, oh, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. Like these lights and all these people, like thousands of people worshipping God. Let me tell you, I didn't really feel anything like that. But what I did see was people with their arms raised up and I was like, oh, wow, this is what heaven looks like. This is literally what heaven looks like. Our lights are awesome. Our band is awesome, our technology is awesome, our clothes are awesome, our new shirts are awesome, um, our current shirts are awesome. But all these things, at the end of the day, when we boil it down, if they're gone, are we still awake? Are we still excited to come to church? If tomorrow a meteorite came and hit this building while there was no one in it, 
and this building was gone and we had nowhere to gather on a Sunday. We maybe had to gather in someone's house or we had to gather in a park or we had to do something like that. Would we still be as excited about coming to church? Would we still be as excited about worshipping because the worship isn't going to maybe sound as great? It might be acoustic and our worship leaders are still good, so it's going to sound maybe better acoustically. But are we still going to be excited for that? Are we still going to be awake? Are we still going to say, okay, it doesn't matter whether we have this building, it doesn't matter whether we have all these peripheral things, but the gospel is what's important. What we do, our gatherings are what's important. When we gather together, we absorb the light so that we can go out. When we gather together, we are the light so that the world can see us. Maybe it's better if we gather in a park because maybe more people can see the light and they'll go, hmm, what's going on here? So anyway, that's what I kind of got from that and I felt like God saying to the entire church, awake. And he's waking his church up. He's waking his bride up. It's kind of like Sleeping Beauty. That was kind of the image that I got. He's coming to his bride and he's saying, wake up, my dearest. It's not a, get up, like your mom would, like when she's trying to rush you to go to school. It's a, no, like it's, it's a gentle, like, wake up, wake up. And so this poem really spoke to me and I thought it was really cool. And it's what that first song that we sang was based on. And it's called, I think it's called Awaken or One Man Awake. Anyway, and it says this. One man awake awakens another. The second awake awakens his next door brother. Three awake can rouse a town by turning the whole place upside down. The many awake can cause such a fuss that it finally awakens the rest of us. One man up with dawn in his eyes surely then multiplies. You are that man or woman, church. You're that person. If you have dawn in your eyes, you will multiply. If we all have dawn in our eyes, we will multiply and we will change this world. We don't change them with our catchy songs. Don't expect people to come in and go, oh, the worship is really cool. This kind of sounds like Coldplay or something like that. I really like this. I kind of dig this. That doesn't change people. It's the truth and the content of those lyrics that changes people. It's God's presence, the Holy Spirit, the truth that is expressed in those moments that changes people's lives. If Christ shines on us, if we have light in our eyes, we will change this world, church. Now, I just want to share something. So I might get the band to come up now. Um, so this is kind of what the Lord spoke to me while I was at the conference, kind of in a moment of prayer. They had Midnight Massive. It was awesome, really late. Um, but God kind of spoke this to me. Um, and it was kind of in a few separate parts as well. And I kind of want to speak this over you guys because I feel, I asked God, I was like, I feel this is for our church. I feel like this is for us. This is something that can, can be tangible for us. This is something that we can, can use, God. That was something that we can harness. And it was so simple. So simple. So simple. Awake, awake, awake. Awake joy. Awake freedom. Awake obedience. Awake happiness. Awake truth. I feel like God wants to do that in our midst, guys, this year. This year is going to be a different year for us. Um, there's going to be some adjustments and stuff like that. Next week is going to be really exciting to see because it's going to be our first combined service with our OC Indo side and our OC English side. Um, and it doesn't matter what our church looks like going forward. Things might be a little bit different to the way that we've been doing them. Um, but what I really believe is that this year, God is saying, now, Oikos Church, I'm bringing you into your calling. 
And that's for us corporately as a church, and that's for every single one of you guys here individually. Um, I was praying and thinking about this sermon beforehand, and there was just a few things that kind of came to my mind. I feel like there's some people in here, or maybe one person, maybe it's all of us, maybe it's none of us, but I feel like there's someone in here who feels because of maybe their temptation, um, maybe because of something that they've done in the past, maybe because of something that they're still doing or something that's going on in their life at the moment that they feel disqualified and that they're not entitled to whatever calling it is that God has for you. Let me tell you, whatever it is that you're going through, whatever suffering that it is that you have, whatever challenge it is, whatever temptation, that no more disqualifies you than my impatience or somebody else's bad mouth or whatever it is. Like there's there's no grade to sin. So it doesn't matter what it is that you're experiencing, guys, that does not disqualify you. Like let's not... Let's, let's move forward. See, I've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. If we can surrender things in our lives and just move forward into the next stage, then we're going to be moving forward in faith into the calling that God has for us. Last week, um, Joe talked about the, the wilderness and just like the, how they pressed forward. They kept pressing forward. Let's press forward, church. Yes, let's keep repenting. Let, let, me, let me make sure I say that clearly. Let me not tell you a lie or say you a lie. If you do fall, if you do stumble, repent. But let me tell you, the gospel is powerful enough to release you from whatever it is that you have going on. Like that forgiveness is not based on you, it's based on God. So let's move forward, guys. Let's be willing, let's have a willingness to just to put things down, to put temptations down. So I want to encourage you with that. We're going to sing a song now. Um, we're doing Let There Be Light. Cool, awesome. Um, so we're going to sing that for a little bit and then I'm going to come back up and then we're going to do, do something that I think is special. So let's worship, guys. <laughs>